Hello, everyone. Welcome to Birds of a Feather, Season 2, Episode 14. Yes, we're in Season 2, and in Season 2, we're going to have a number of guests. This episode, we have Langston as our guest. But keep in mind, Langston is a six-month-year-old baby, so his opinions will be in Googles and Gagas throughout the show. Zach and I discuss the NFL playoffs in this first ever episode of season two. And we also dive into a number of NBA topics as usual. We talk about Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren beef. We also dive into the LSU Tigers versus Clemson coming up on Monday. So you're going to want to stay tuned uh, for our opinions on all things NFL, NBA, and a little bit of college. And without any further ado, please enjoy the show. I can't do welcome, welcome, welcome. Season two, I gotta switch it up. Start off with my boy. Yes, <laughs> episode fourteen, birds of a feather. My boy, yes, a new sir. intro yes, sir. for season two. Welcome to season two, episode fourteen of Birds of a Feather. I'm here with my boy and yes, his sir. son. Hey. We got, a, we got a guest on the show today, guys. Guest, guest Langston Zaire's here today. Yeah, say hi, Langston. Um, say hi. Um, nah. he, he said, hey, guys. Yeah, he's but anyways, <laughs> um, Langston's here. Of course, Zach's here. Yes. And we, and we got it coming for you guys today, man. Episode yes. 14, season two. Season I'm two. excited. New year. New year. Yes. 2020. 2020, yes. All right, let me, uh, let me, let me tease my boy Zach for a minute here. I'm going to put his business out there for a second. This man made... <laughs> A storyboard <laughs> for the new year 2020 because he needs to he needs to see every day. He needs to wake up and look at his 12th grade project and see his little poster board of what he wants to do for 20. Listen, it's called a vision board, okay? And see, and see, that's the thing. Listen, that's why you don't share your vision with everybody <laughs> because everybody doesn't want to see you succeed. Okay, bro. I want to see you succeed, my boy. I know you do, bro. I Just know. Don't make little projects. Listen, he about to make a little volcano. It's, it's, next week. It's the visual thing. You have to see it to believe it. I guess I have to see the Eagles winning the Super Bowl to believe it. Oh my gosh! Well, so, we did see it one year. Yeah, not this year though. So. Don't worry. I see the future. Hey, hey, twenty twenty Eagles Super Bowl champions. Jump right into it, yes. Eagles. I just want to say that we had an amazing season. We had an amazing season full of ups and downs. Yes. Um, I thoroughly believe that if we didn't have our injuries, even though in the beginning of the season we weren't playing great, but I thoroughly believe that we 100% would have figured it out if we didn't have the most injuries I think. The most injuries I think I've ever seen a team have in any sport ever, and I'm serious. Um, I've seen teams have crazy injuries. I've seen crazy things happen, but we lost everybody. On the offense and on the defensive side of the ball. That's absolutely true. Um, I do feel like with, with our sport, though, injuries come with it. And you should have you should have the players in place to be able to step up and make plays. Um, obviously, We had the, that. That's what I'm saying. So for the past four weeks of the season, the last four that we had, we, we did have that luxury of going to the practice squad and being able to pull them up and, and then being able to come in and contribute right away. All right? Kudos to the coaching staff for having the practice squad players ready. To yes. do what they need to do to step in so that we didn't miss a beat. Now, on the other side of that, despite the injuries, bro, we didn't play like the Philadelphia Eagles that we thought we were going to be this year. You know what I'm saying? Carson Wentz didn't start off the year too strong. 
Um, you know what I'm saying? He missed he missed a couple passes real, real early in the season, a couple crucial passes. And, and he I, had a lot of drops. Yeah, had a lot of drops too. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, wasn't protecting the football. You know, stack, getting slow starts on offense. All that stuff kind of plays into how our season kind of played out. Yes, the injuries were big for us, but... They were, were we, everything. Yeah, were we all the way bought in? Hell no, bro. I, okay, but we made it into the playoffs. We did. Yes. And um, the last game, Eagles, Seahawks, and Philadelphia. I was feeling really good about that game. I was feeling amazing about that no, game. No, no. I, I, going into that game, I knew, I knew in my mind we were about to win this game. Yeah. I, I we were thought, about to go on a run. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a tight... I thought it was going to be a close game, but I just felt like we were going to pull it out. Carson we Wentz, had Carson. Carson Wentz goes out in the first quarter. Oh, they go Langston. Hey. Carson Wentz goes out in the first quarter. What was it? The second drive he went out? Third drive? Second drive. Second drive. He goes out. And that's it. When he left, like I like we talked about this off the air, obviously. But when he first he went to the tent, which I didn't know about until I saw him walk into the back. Once I saw him walk into the back and they said he went into the tent. I was like, oh, it's, it's over. And it's see, over. no chance. Part, I gave us no chance after that. Part of me feel feels bad for Carson because oh, I feel horrible because for he busts he busts behind yeah. the past four weeks of the season. It was it was because of him and only him, only him that we made it that to we the were able to get yeah. back. You know what I'm saying? Get back to that position in order for us to have a zero zero season and start over again. Yeah, and for him to go out before he was even able to make an impact on the football game, crazy, crazy. I watched his face. I looked at his face when he was walking back to that locker room, and I saw hurt. Yeah, like I just saw like, like bro, I, like he didn't want to look at the camera. Like he was just like he was sick because because the knew. knock on him, the knock on him that everyone always says is, oh, he didn't do it in the playoffs. He can't be healthy. He can't he doesn't do it in the playoffs. Finally, he's healthy. Makes it to a playoff game. Jadavian Clowney dirty hit. Great. What about what? How do you feel about that hit? Was it, it was dirty? T- yeah, but here's the thing. It 100% was dirty because Clowney saw him on the ground. The thing with Carson that Carson doesn't do that Russell Wilson does great is he's a horrible slider. I think that's why they didn't call it. If he would have slid the correct way, because I've seen that before when guys slid the correct way and they still get hit, they, they throw it every time. Especially he was, with first of all, he wasn't sliding. He dove. He dove. That's what I'm saying. First of all, he should have slid. And, and just to back up, just to take some of the slack off of – the the call that I guess was missed uh-huh. at that point in the game he was a runner, yeah. Period. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, what to me was it a dirty hit? He was yeah. on the ground. He was or he was he was, he was about there, he was about to be. He was, about he was to like be an inch around. away from being but on the ground. But you can see that Jadavian had already took off of his feet before he even hit the. You know what I'm saying? Nah, bro. It was bang bang. Clown, but yeah, but Clowney saw. Oh, he's diving on the ground. I didn't need to put my helmet on his helmet and yeah. slam his head into the ground. I don't know, man. When it happened, I just saw it, though. As soon as it happened, I was like, ooh. And then he got up slow. He got up slow, like, yeah. Oh. But see, the thing that got me was he stayed in. So I'm like, okay. He always does that. And then leaves. He always does that. He did it when he tore his ACL against the Rams. Why he stayed in, threw a touchdown strike, and said, all right, I'm going to see you all in two seasons. Like, what? <laughs> like, why not just don't say anything? <laughs> All right, this is my take on it. This is why Brandon. This is why Brandon just started laughing over there when I said this. Listen, ten years ago, 
And I know this makes me sound horrible, and I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to put it out there I'm because I'm a fan care. of the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm happy you don't care. Okay? Ten years ago, there was no such thing as a concussion protocol, bro. Ten years ago, there was no such thing as a concussion protocol. Okay? All the great quarterbacks, great running backs, great wide receivers, they got hit. They saw stars. They walked to the sideline for a play. They came back in and they made plays. Okay? Who in their right mind goes in the playoffs, beginning of the game, nobody's did anything, who goes to the trainer and says, uh, I have a concussion. <laughs> what? This is the playoffs, bro. You bro, play you through that. To. Bro, if you don't have a broken bone, if you're not if you if you don't have a leg hanging off, if you can still suit up and go out there and make plays, bro, Zach Ertz had a lacerated kidney and broken bones, bro. He came out and he made plays. No. He didn't come out and make plays. He, he was a decoy. He was a decoy. He was they a decoy. Said, and don't Dallas, throw that man that ball. And Dallas, Goddard, right. and Dallas Goddard ran all his routes. I, I did see that. But yeah. at the end of the day, I feel like he still came back out, bro. Because he knew the game was online. And I need, bro, Carson Wentz knew without me being here, this game is over with, bro. And he just walked off. And I understand he's caring about his health, but I kind of feel bad about that. Bro, at the end of the day, it's a game. And you need to focus on your health. You need to focus on. Making it home to see your wife. He got a kid on the way. He can't be out there risking his life to win a, a playoff game, bro. Like, come on now. You can't do that. Must I run down all of the concussion issues that happen with current and former NFL players over the years? I understand you're a diehard fan, Zach. I understand. Trust me. I understand. But at the end of the day, like I said, this man has a wife to go home to. His wife is pregnant with a child. He can't be risking all that for a game. The low blows right now. <laughs> These are all low blows. Listen, I care about Carson, bro. Don't sound like it. But I'm saying in certain situations, though, like, bro, you're supposed to play through a concussion. <laughs> You can't do that this day. Bro, this is 2020. Can't play through concussions. I know, man. Carson, my boy. You can always come on the show. Always, bro. You're always welcome. Check your DMs. <laughs> Definitely. Birds of a Feather podcast. We're in there. Facts. Um, but yeah, so I don't know, man. Eagle season's over. We still played very hard, very well. Um, I'm just happy that the Cowboys... Yeah, they blew it. But but hey, but hey, with 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 our season being over though, I, I did appreciate yesterday Howie Roseman came out, um, obviously end of the year interviews and everything like that, and and took the blame, took a lot of the blame for the season. Uh, he came out and said, obviously, you know, it's not always just on the coaches and the players that are playing. Sometimes the front office staff has a huge impact, and that's absolutely one hundred and twenty percent correct. Mm. Um, Obviously, you know, he thought we had that championship window, that two years. So, obviously, he was bringing in a lot of veteran-proven players that yeah. can get us back to the Mecca in order for us to make another, you know, make another run at it. And, unfortunately, it just didn't play out in our favor. Um, a, lot of the older, a lot of the older talent that we bought in wasn't able to stay for the whole season. Um, you know, injuries and everything caught up with them. 
So I, I do appreciate how we coming out and kind of taking the blame and also stating that this year, this summer, there will be an influx of young talent. There will be a lot of familiar faces that we're used to seeing that we consider Eagles staples that won't be there next year. Um, and that got me a little nervous, to be honest. Like, think about a team with no Jason Peters, no Malcolm Jenkins, no Nigel Bradham. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, whoa. Like, how? No Jalen Mills, no Alshon Jeffrey, no Deshaun Jackson. Nah, Deshaun Jackson's going to stay. Deshaun Jackson's going to stay, but I'm saying Alshon, these, are, these are the contracts that he's going to have to make decisions on this yeah, summer. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, with, with you know Malcolm Jenkins coming out and saying, listen, I won't be back here again next year on this same contract. But at, 30 plus years old, like <laughs> at a safety position, I don't think, you know, like you don't have that much leverage. Now, are you still playing lights out? Did you play every single snap of our year? Yes, you did. Are you still playing lights out? Yes, you are. But unfortunately, sir, we're not in a position to pay you top safety money. Throw yeah. Thomas money. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. We're, we just we just don't have that. Yeah. In order for us to continue to be relevant in the future, we have to get in this young talent. Yeah. We have to be able to develop. And, that, and that's the thing. Not just getting them in, but developing them too. Yeah. True. Well, goodbye, Eagles. On oh, to the Sixers. So la- last thing, right while we're finishing up, while we're finishing up this NFL topic, I want to talk about the craziness of these head coaching hires. Oh my gosh! Listen, Matt Rule. All right. Well, let's 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 run through them. Let's run through them. Okay. So the um the um Washington Redskins were the first ones to make a move. Uh, they picked up Ron Rivera, which I think great move, which I think is a great move for them. And I hate it because they're in our division. But then my only thing is though, I hate the fact that Ron Rivera has to go play for an organization that's not really like the top of the organization is a little unstable. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I think that's one of the worst things you can do as a head coach is go into a situation where the front office is in disarray. You know what I'm saying? And Washington ha- is having those issues. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Majority of the people in that building don't like Dan Snyder. Yeah. Majority of the fans don't like Dan Snyder. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's kind of tough for him. But I, I think he's a high-character guy, um, and he's going to go in and try to get the best out of that young, because they are young now, out of that young um, Washington Redskins team. Um, next, we got Mike McCarthy went to the Dallas Cowboys. Um. I'm kind of I'm kind of hot and cold. To me. Yeah, I'm kind of hot and cold with that one because I don't think I think anybody is better than Jason Garrett though. Jason Garrett literally should have left a decade ago. But is he the same? That's what I'm saying. I guess the argument is is he the same as as Mike McCarthy? Like my thing is Mike McCarthy. Yes, he's made it to the promised land. Yes, he's won, won a Super yes, Bowl. Yes, he's won yeah. a Super Bowl. But and beats the Cowboys. His past couple years that he was in that he was in. Um, Green Bay. Green Bay. It was the same. Like, yeah, it was the same. Up a little bit, down. Up a little bit, down. Same as Jason Garrett. Up a little. Now Jason Garrett never made it to the Super Bowl and won. But man, we made it to the playoffs like twice. <laughs> like what? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, I I just think it's a. It definitely was a weird hire, but I think it's better than who they had. So that's why I'm not mad at it. Um. Joe Judge went to the Giants. That there to me is just is what? Crazy. It's crazy, bro. He was the Patriots special teams coordinator? No, it was a wide receivers coach. They said he was also a special teams coordinator for a while. Oh, so he was both. I mean, 
Yeah, he yeah. So he was he was the Patriots special team coordinator since 2015, and only last season he took over wide receivers coach. That's crazy. He was wide receivers coach for a year. He was a special teams coordinator, and now he's the head coach of the New York Giants. Well, so 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 wow. They tried to solidify that in the media, basically saying that Bill Bel. So he he coached for Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. All right. They said that Bill Belichick basically said from the beginning he kind of took him under his wing because he saw that he was a head coach. Nick Saban kind of came out and did it. But, bro, you can't go from being a wide receivers coach. For one year. A wide receivers coach for one year to being the head coach of, of, the of one of the most historical yes. historical franchises in the NFL. Yeah. What? In the media capital of the world. What? <laughs> Ow. He got the plug for real. What's his name, bro? <laughs> What's his name? Joe Judge. Joe Judge, my boy. He got all the connects. Definitely come on the show, bro, because we want to talk to you about your connection, yeah. how you got in this his situation. His little black book is crazy. Like, what? That's He crazy. got friends in high places. I want to see his contract, though. Yeah. Because if it's anything like Matt Rule, the new head coach for the Carolina Panthers that came from the University of Baylor. I was just about to get there. Seven years, sixty million dollars. He can get up to seventy million with incentives. If like, are you? Are you? I'm sorry, sorry guys. Are you freaking kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Listen, Matt Rule has been at Baylor for three years. Okay, 2017, his record was one and eleven. 2018, his record was seven and six. 2019, his record was eleven and three. Okay. Before that, he was at your boys, Temple. Facts. How did he Shots do there? Owls. How did he do there? Let's look up. Let's look up his record at Temple. <laughs> bear, bear with me, guys. Let's see. Shout out to the Temple Owls. Let's see. Matt Rule Temple record. So Matt <laughs> So Matt Rule. Oh man. When he was at Temple. 2000, 2013 was his first year at Temple. He went 12 and 2. All right. No, I'm sorry. He went 2 and 10. 2000. Whoa, that's a huge difference. <laughs> yeah. 2013. 12 and 2 to 2 and 10. 2013 at Temple, he went 2 and 10. 2014 at Temple, he went 6 and 6. 2015 at Temple, he went 10 and 4. 2016 at Temple, he went 10 and 3. 2017 at Baylor, he went 1 and 11. 2018 at Baylor, he went 7 and 6. 2019 at Baylor, he went 11 and 3. So it sounds like you need to give him three seasons. He's going to have you up there. Just give him three years. That's what they say. <laughs> but my thing is, bro, like Temple and Baylor, you went from coaching two stars and one stars <laughs> to coaching. The cream of the crop. I know. And then you think you're going to walk Cam in, Newton. You're going to walk in his locker room and demand the respect. From men? They're going to be like, bro. <laughs> What's your name again? What? I'm Cam Newton. I've been in this league about 10 years, bro. This is what I do, bro. Okay? Who are you again? <laughs> What's your name? Like, where did you come from? <laughs> I don't understand that, bro. And on, on and on the other side of that, so there's one job that's still open off the top of my head that I know about, and that's the Cleveland Brown job. Now, I personally think it's going to be Lincoln Riley or, or it's going to be um, my uh, is it Sean McDaniel's? What's his name? Josh McDaniel's is his name. Josh McDaniel's. I think it's going to be either him or it's going to be 
Lincoln Riley. Now, the only reason why I say Lincoln Riley is because obviously Lincoln, Lincoln Riley has a tremendous relationship with Baker Mayfield. Uh, Coach from at Oklahoma was able to get the best out of his quarterback then and there. And right now, the way it's looking is somebody needs to come in that able to get to Baker Mayfield and get him to really buy in in order to take this franchise to the next level. Well, I think they need to hire a GM first, right? Okay. Because they fired their GM. So that's probably first on the uh, the list agenda. <laughs> And then once they get to GM, they can start their coach. But they wanted a coach by Saturday. Well, did did they get a GM? No, they want a coach by Saturday and then a GM. You're gonna hire a coach before a GM? I mean, it, it's not a certain way that you're supposed to hire them. Doesn't your GM help hi- find a coach? Oh, yeah, most of them do. But like some of them, like you gotta think some of them, like for instance, Bill Belichick has full power. He can do whatever the hell he wants to do. Andy Reid is sort of like the same. He kind of has full power, does whatever the hell he wants to do. Remember Chip Kelly basically had the same. When he was here, well, he was he doing had the, both jobs. He had he? the same thing. Yeah, he was doing both jobs. He was picking the players that he wanted in and also coaching them. You know what I'm saying? So it's crazy. It might be one of those situations to where you know they give the head coach that kind of. I wouldn't want all that responsibility, especially being a first time head coach and, and for the Browns. For the Browns, <laughs> like come on, now. I would not want that. But and, I feel like you need two good, great minds. And then to I make say, that work. and the reason why I say Josh McDaniels is because obviously he spent a lot of time with Tom. He did have a head coaching stint in Denver when Tim Tebow was there. Um, took him to the playoffs and they lost. I mean, they won the first round, then lost, and then he got he lost his job the next year. They beat the Steelers that first um, round. I yeah, Tim Tebow. Then he went back to the Patriots, got the coach Tom Brady some more, got hired a year ago, turned down the job, like accepted the job, and then a couple days later pulled the Bill Belichick and said, "Yo, I don't want the job. It is what it is." And now he's back in the head coaching portal again. Now you have a situation where you can go into an an offense that you have. A solid quarterback might not be the best, might not be the worst, but he's solid. You got two running backs, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Obviously, Nick Chubb is one of the better running backs in the NFL right now. And then you got Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, and Odell Beckham. It's a great situation to walk into on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. You know, on defense, you're young. But it's the Browns. But it's the Browns. <laughs> like, it may sound great, but it's the Browns. It, but it's the Browns. So at the end of the day, it sounds horrible. <laughs> But like I said, man, I just think, and there's two black head coaches in the NFL? Two? Steelers, the Chargers. That's it. What about, um? I don't even know his name. Who's the Jets head coach? No, Adam Gase is the Jets head coach. It used to be Todd Boyles. Yeah, okay. There's two. There was one more. And then Marvin Lewis was with the Bengals. He got fired. Yeah, I remember he got fired. Marvin Lewis got interviewed, didn't get a job for any one of those franchises. But but wow. Matt Rule, a college coach who's barely been successful, and a wide receivers coach got head coaching jobs. <laughs> a wide receivers coach for one year, he was a, a special teams coordinator. <laughs> there's a huge, special teams coordinator. There's a huge problem there, though. Yeah, that's there's a huge problem there. And obviously, you know what I'm saying, they talked about the Rooney, the Rooney rule and putting that in place and everything like that. But let's sit back. And let's take off the blinders for a second, guys, listeners, viewers. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you have a league that's predominantly African-American. You feel me? The elite, a majority of the elite players, majority of elite players are African-American. Right. And won't allow African-Americans to lead men. Other men. And, like, for instance, Anthony Lynn, that's his name, right? Anthony Lynn for the Chargers? Yeah. He had a fantastic year last year. Yeah. Mike Tomlin has won a Super Bowl. Yes. Has never had a losing season. Yes. Like with with things that happened to him over the season, is, over the years. Exactly. Yeah. 
it 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 gets me to like one of those situations where it's like, bro, there's no hope for us yeah. in the NFL as being a, a head coach. Because if you can't come in and it's like, bro, I can name coaches in college, black coaches in college that's been successful, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you're giving Matt Rule a chance who coached a temple and a university of Baylor, a Big Twelve and a I don't even know what conference I don't even know what conference Temple is in, bro. <laughs> like what? Don't be going for Temple, bro. Like yeah. what? I, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just yeah, saying. No, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying in general. I don't know, man. It is, it's weird, man. It, it's definitely weird. I, I just think it's. I, I, we need to get in higher positions, though. Like, we need to be owners. We need to be GMs. A, that's a fraternity, though, bro. People, those owners vote other owners in, which is insane. That's crazy. To me. I remember Steph Curry was trying to be an owner. Yeah, Diddy, Steph, Diddy was Diddy. trying to. Yeah, it was Steph and yeah. P. Diddy, and then somebody else was jumped in there trying to trying to run the Panthers. The Panthers, and they said They're no. Like, uh, nah. David Tepper, I think, is he black though? The the owner of the pa- the owner of the Panthers? No, he's not. Do he look black a little bit? No, no. I feel, oh, maybe he just had a tan. Definitely not. He's definitely not bad. not at all. <laughs> not even a little bit. He looks super Caucasian from the Caucasus Mountains. <laughs> well, hey, hey, I, and I have no issue with that. I'm just saying, like, give us a chance, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, let us learn. Let us work our way up. But that's the what I was getting to. It's oh, like, Brian Flores. I'm sorry, Brian Flores, the Miami Dolphins head coach. Yeah, he's black. But I think there was one more in there. But um, but. That's why we need to be in these higher positions to hire head coaches first because it's tough to force someone to hire a certain type. Don't force me. Like, I just think about me. Like, I want to hire whoever I want to hire. As an owner. Yeah. Like, if I want to hire Joe Schmo, I want to hire him. Like, you can't tell me. This is my thing. You know what I mean? So, I understand that notion. That's why we need to... We need to get into the owner ranks, the GM ranks. The, the, in these but how do we get offices. there? For instance, one of the best GMs that I've seen since I've been watching football, right? Ozzie Newsom for the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. Responsible for drafting Ray Lewis. Responsible for drafting Lamar Jackson. Responsible for drafting Terrell Suggs. Responsible, you know what I'm saying? Like, Has a Super Bowl. Has two Super Bowls. Only a GM. Never got to vice president. CEO, yeah, GM, yeah. Now he's retired. Okay, it's just once you get to a certain level, bro. That's it. They cut you off, and that's not yeah, fair. Man. Yeah, that's true. That's not fair. That's very true. I'm getting off my soapbox. I will say to all of the African American coaches out there chasing a dream to make it to coach in the professional in the National Football League. Kudos to you, my boys, all Facts. of y'all. Can definitely come on. We the can get show. all y'all on the show. Y'all can fit in here. Twenty three, y'all. <laughs> can definitely get y'all on the show to stay. You know how how you guys feel about the situation, but you know, kudos to you guys that's out there chasing that dream. Keep working. Keep pushing through the boundaries. Keep doing whatever you need to do in order to put yourself in a position to be a consideration. Successful. Yes, definitely. Kudos. And since we were talking about college football hires, we got a big game coming on Monday. A big game coming. Yes. Yes. We got the yes. LSU yes. Tigers yes. Yes. versus Clemson. Yes. yes. And yes. I'm here to tell you, this is where they go down. Whoa. LSU's going to take an L. My man, Sunshine. Sunshine. <laughs> 
<laughs> is going to pick y'all apart. Listen, I want to This is the only this is my only worry. This is my only worry. Okay. My only worry is Clemson's defense against y'all. Cuz I believe Clemson can score on y'all defense. I just it's going to be tough to stop y'all offense. Facts. That's the only thing. Facts. That's the thing I'm worried about. But I think it's going to be a good game. I actually think it's going to be a good game. I don't think it's going to be one of those crazy, boring, stupid 72-12 to 12 games. <laughs> I think it's going to be a good game. I, I believe that, too. Um, I'm not counting out Dabo Sweeney. He's like the new reincarnated Nick Saban kind of yeah, thing. Like, yeah. he's just a football guru. Yeah. Um, obviously, not taking anything away from Trevor Lawrence, who's 25-0 and 0 in his first two years playing college football, never lost a game. Yes. Um. <laughs> Bro, you think I'm about to count out these LSU Tiger boys? <laughs> Listen, these boys have been grinding. Joe Burrow is on a mission, bro. We have two of the top three receivers in football. Mm. Okay, tremendous college football. Yeah, college football. Tremendous, tremendous running back in Clyde Edwards Hilaire back there. All right, great offensive line. Thaddeus Moss at tight end. My defense has been playing lights out the past three weeks. We just set out Texas A&M 50-7. Oh, and on top of that, came back and smacked Jalen Hurts and the boys and embarrassed them, put up 60 on the boys. Listen, I don't think we're going to blow them out, but I guarantee we win by like two, three touchdowns. I'm guaranteeing a win on Monday. You, you heard it here first, bro. Bro, there's no way we're losing that game. I don't care if you're Dabo. Bro, Ed Ogeron, <laughs> it's in the city of Louisiana, bro. It's in New Orleans, okay, at the Superdome. If you don't think it's going to be crazy in there, bro, it's it's a home game for us, bro. It is, yeah. No it's, facts. It it's a home is. game. They're going to come in there, bro. Joe Burrow is going to get on the roll in the first court, in the first possession, bro, and it's going to be over with from there, bro. Because he's one of those players, he's bro. He's icy cold. He he doesn't feel pressure. He's one of those players. He's like a – he kind of like – I don't want to say it, but kind of like a Deshaun Watson kind of thing, like, okay, like – all right. When once, the lights once are brightest. I, right. Once I get going, bro, like, yeah. I'm one of those people that I pump myself up. You don't need to pump me up. Yeah. I'm out there like, okay, these folks can't stop me. I'm out here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's who Joe Burrow is, bro. Like, if he gets rolling, he's going to be like, oh, this easy. Okay, cool. He's going to start torturing them boys, torturing them boys, torturing them boys, torturing them boys. The man, threw, the man responsible for eight touchdowns in a playoff championship game, bro. Eight. I was there live and direct too. It was lit. Oh yeah, my boy. I forgot you was there. I saw pictures. It was lit. You and your son. You said had the little headphones. It was lit. Was it that lit? I just blew him out. Didn't it get boring after a while? No, no? facts. I left at um halftime. <laughs> on on a semifinal playoff game, like games that people live all their life to to go to. I had to leave because the game was over and I was bored. And your son, my son. Yeah, and I was like, all right, well, we can just leave because. <laughs> No point in me sitting here. My son knocked out on me like he just sleep. slumped. I'm just like, all right. <laughs> but it was, a, it was. I mean, it was definitely a great experience. But like yeah. I said, man, I don't, bro. I, there's no way we lose this game, bro. There's no way we lose this game. I'm calling for an upset. All right, I hear you. I can't wait. Monday. I hate college football. January 13th. But I always watch uh, the playoffs. As you should. You know. Do you think the playoffs should go sports. to six or eight teams? Yes. I, I, you know, I hate the way they do it. You want Temple to be, <laughs> Temple to be in the playoffs? What? I just, I just hate the what? way it's done. I don't, I don't like, I don't like the way it's done. I think it's weird. A group of guys in a room just decide. Uh, yeah, you can go. We like y'all. Yeah, come on. I just think that's weird. I think it finally played out good this year, though. Yeah, I just don't like the way it's done. But hey, you know, what I mean, we talked about that plenty of times. It's okay. I'm definitely gonna watch LSU Clemson. Um, so you picking happen. Clemson? I'm picking Clemson. Yeah, I'm mainly picking Clemson because you like LSU. 
Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Also, Clemson's undefeated. Go Tigers. For like two seasons, right? Go Tigers. <laughs> so it's like no one's seen them lose. My boy Sunshine. Go Tigers. A.K.A. Trevor. What's his name? Trevor Lawrence? Yes. A.K.A. Trevor Lawrence. I mean, come on now. I, I'm t- Yo, if if Clemson somehow pulls it out, I'm going to be so happy. I'm going to hear it clowning you so much. There's no way. No possible way. I'm just saying if it does happen. Coach O, get them boys ready. Give them gumbo. He be like, raw fish. <laughs> he sounds like a tiger. <laughs> why he like That's that? That's why he's a perfect coach for us, bro. Facts. Go Tigers. Anyway, moving on to NBA topics. I'm excited to talk about this one. I just want to start off with my boy, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> listen, like, listen, I've always liked Jimmy Butler. When he left the Sixers, I was like, you know what? I think I want to start hating him now because he left the Sixers and I'm mad. But now after what happened with him and TJ Warren, I love Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's my man's. If y'all those of you who don't know, the Miami Heat played the Indiana Pacers yesterday. And things got very chippy between Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren. Now TJ Warren has been balling this year. TJ Warren is nice. He's okay. No, he's been this year he's been balling. I remember when he he's was a at, bona fide scorer. I remember when he was at Cincinnati. He was hooping though. Yeah, he's and then a, he went undrafted. Yeah, he's a bona fide scorer. He's a professional bucket getter. So TJ Warren's been bomb, but Jimmy Butler is Jimmy Butler. You know what I mean? He'll get buckets on anybody, and he'll guard your best player on the defensive end. Facts. So they got a little chippy. You know what I'm saying? TJ Warren, Jimmy Butler got in each other's face, and you, if you know Jimmy Butler, he ain't backing down from nobody, especially from where he's where he came from. Right. He ain't backing out from nobody. He like, I grew up on the streets with no parents. What are you? Facts. I literally was homeless before I came to the NBA. <laughs> like, what? So, got a little chippy. Um, Jimmy Butler caught the ball um, on the wing, on the right wing. Um, probably like a, a foot above the, uh, below the three-point line. It was above. It was above. It was above? Yeah. Was oh, okay, it was above. Um, and he kind of hit him with a little mean jab with his shoulder though. <laughs> Mean Jack. Knew, knew he fouled him, though. Like, oh, he, did it on purpose. Like, did oh, yeah. it on pur- he did it on purpose. <laughs> like, he did it before he even blew the whistle. He, he the just dropped the ball. Because <laughs> he knew it was <laughs> Savage. Savage. And TJ Ward was a habit. They got each other's face. Apparently, I didn't know what he, hear what he said, but apparently TJ Warren said some off-the-wall crazy stuff. Because not only did Jimmy Butler say, yo, he said some very foul stuff. He crossed the line. But also, when they were both get, oh no, uh, just TJ Warren got ejected. Jimmy Butler didn't get ejected. Yeah. But when TJ Warren was getting ejected, the camera shot over to Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler was blowing him kisses. Yeah. And uh, and then the the announcers were like, "Oh no, you can't say." Did you see that? The announcers were like, "No, you can't say that. You can't say that." When TJ Warren was walking I off. But I see that's what I'm saying. When I saw it, I don't think that he said something. I think he he flipped him off. I no, think, he said something. I don't, I don't know what was said, though. I don't know, I don't know what was said either. I, I remember him flipping him off, and the announcer was like, whoa, 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 because I guess kids, you know what I'm saying? No, he said something. He said something, because the announcer said he said something, and Jimmy Butler, when the interview said he crossed the line, he said some stuff. He I didn't repeat he, it. I wonder what he said. Yeah, I wonder what he said, yeah. Typically, when typically when players say they cross the line, family. they say something about their family or their kids or something off the wall like that. And if it's a white player against a black player, or it's a white crowd against Russell Westbrook, I like Kevin Garnett, told, yeah, it's something racist. Told Carmelo, his wife tastes like honey nut Cheerios or something. Like yeah. 
Yo, Kevin Garnett was a savage though. It, that was normal for KG. He told Carmelo KG, his wife tastes like Honey Nut Cheerios or something, bro. Yeah. He was like, he was like, bro, you bought like, yeah, like he was facts. waiting for him. To yeah. Buy. <laughs> facts. K- KG, yeah, listen over the history. KG and Gary Payton. Both of them said some off like, talk cash. Like, what did you just say to me, bro? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why did you say that? This is a game. <laughs> Relax. You can talk about me. I'm talking about my kids. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah, so um, apparently TJ Warren said something crazy. And Jimmy Butler went and talked all cash. Jimmy Butler said, he's mad because he can't guard me. He's mad because he's not even the same league as me. He's trash compared to me. He said he can't guard me, but I can guard him. Yeah, but I can guard him. Yeah, child for making that statement. Yo, he can't guard me, but I can guard him. Though. And he said, and he said, for any coaches, don't put him on me. I promise you, it's not gonna go the way you think it's gonna go. He said that. He said, don't put him on me. Then TJ Warren, do you see what TJ Warren did? What did he come back and say? TJ Warren came back on Twitter and posted. The schedule the next time they play them and circled it. <laughs> Yo. Circled it Friday, March 20th at 7 p.m. TJ Warren screenshotted the schedule and circled it in red and just was like, You, you ready? He posted that right there. That's what TJ Warren posted. Jimmy's going to give him buckets. Yo, bro. Facts. <laughs> Jimmy's going to give him that bucket. Yo, Jimmy Butler might mess around and score 40. Like I legit, Jimmy Butler is the type of dude that will come out in the huddle with his team before the game and go, "Give me the ball!" Like every time give me the rock. Every time you see him on me, give me the give ball. me the ball. <laughs> legit, and he Jimmy Butler is the type of dude that will train for that game. He gonna be oh, practice watching game TJ Warren game film. Well, they, you know they already say he's like one of the hardest workers. In, oh yeah, that's what period. I'm saying. Yeah, with no motivation. Well, he has his life motivation, but like with this motivation on top of it. Jimmy Butler may just drop 40 on him. Legit. Like, I'm serious. TJ Warren seems to be the type of player that's like, ah, I'm going to go out here. I'm just going to get it. I'm just going to go off my natural talent. I'm going to go out here and get it. And Jimmy Butler's going to be like, I've been training for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Jedi mode. Facts. He's going to treat it like a playoff game. So that's fun, man. I, I can't wait for that. And then Jimmy it's too Butler far said, away. March 20th. Like, geez. I know. Jimmy Butler said, uh, TJ Warren, don't be mad. You can't guard me. We will see what you're about in March. Yo, that's a that's a playoffs. Playoffs <laughs> start in March. <laughs> see, my, my thing is this though, right? Like, bro, y'all do all of this. So no, the media's gonna amp it up. Everybody's gonna oh, amp yeah. it up. And then it's gonna get to the game and it's gonna be like a regular game. No, no, it's not. It's gonna this is what's it gonna better happen. not be. It's gonna get to the game. Both the players are gonna be ready. Because they Jimmy Butler looked pissed. You know how you get so mad, you start to get that bulge kind of in your throat. <laughs> yeah, you start to get like Jimmy Butler had that. Yeah, Jimmy Butler was, was mad. He was upset. For so sure. I feel like the refs are gonna go into the game and call it OD tight. I think that's gonna happen. They're gonna meet before the game and be like, "Yo, T.J. Warren versus Jimmy Butler. Uh, everything is a foul this game." So I think it's gonna be tight like that. But I, th- I still think it's gonna be fun though, and I can't wait for it. But also, what I can't wait for, Russell Westbrook retu- returns to OKC for the first time tonight. I would be, I would be like more, more excited Don't about say it. it. Don't say if it. If it was bad blood, it is bad blood. It's no bad blood, bro. It's bad blood between Chris Paul and James Harden, though. There's a lot of bad blood you think there. They're beefing. Oh yeah, they don't like each other. They can't stand each other. 
They can't stand each other. That's crazy. I, th- there's not bad blood, yeah, between Russell Westbrook and the city of Oklahoma City, or right, or the, the team, fans, or the, the team, or anybody. Or yeah, yeah. But please believe, people are forgetting the other half of it. Well, I, Chris Paul is going to be ready. Chris Paul is going to want to go out there and see. I definitely believe that, but I thought that, I thought that it was just like, like they had their, they're like, okay, I don't like, damn, like what the hell? But I thought their relationship was still intact, though. I didn't know that they were at that point. That's nah, crazy. Bro. So, they yeah, were, now I'm excited about it. I want to see it. <laughs> they were visibly at that point on the court. You can remember the famous Chris Paul put his hand out and, and yeah. James Harden slapped it away. Yeah, I remember that. So there was a few of those instances on the thing. And then there was reports that they weren't talking, They all that stuff. But then they came out and said, oh, no, that's not true, which. They had commercials together. They have to say that. Like, Remember the commercials they had together? Yeah, the State Farm commercials. That's yeah. just hilarious. But they, but they had to say stuff like that. Like, oh, no, we're cool. Until it was. Chris Paul's leaving fast, we're getting in a hurry. Because, quote unquote, James Harden was like, <laughs> finally, get him out of here. Get him out of here now. Because I'm James Harden. So, bye. But see, Chris Paul is one of the smartest basketball players that I've seen. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think that yeah, he's sometimes top 10 smartest players him, I've ever seen. Him being so smart mentally about the game of basketball yeah. affects the other player. Yeah. You know what I'm James saying? James Harden. Because James Harden is just a probably pure talent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, Chris Paul's like, I'm talented, but I know this game like the, the back game, of my yeah. hand. So oh, he's yeah. probably trying to sit back and coach him up and shit yeah. like that. And James, James Harden's like, just like, give me the ball move. Like, just give me the ball and move. The ball, I'm drop 40, 50, just 60. Set a, just set a pick and roll, and that's it. Big man's gonna big man's gonna come to me, and I'm gonna either throw a oop, floater, or get to the rim and get fouled. Oh, by the way, Clint Capella had a 2020 game last night, too. I just thought I, I just thought I'd add that in there. Okay, so what what is what are you trying to say here? I'm just trying to get back to one of our previous episodes where I said Clint Capella was up there. Okay, so how many of those were lobs? Try all of them. <laughs> like, come on now. Clint Capella is is Clint Capella is DeAndre Jordan when he played for the Clippers. Now, what's DeAndre Jordan doing now? He plays for the the uh, he plays for Brooklyn. Yeah, and he's normal, average at best. He's been normal since he left the Clippers. Exactly. Wait till Clint Capella goes to some team. Who's that? Who's not big on pick and roll and see what happens to him? It's gonna be like Clint, who that Darkson guy at the end of the bench. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's hilarious. All right, so speak. Oh, speaking of Chris Paul, right? Let's talk about some of these upcoming trade scenarios. So there's a Ooh, few, so there's a few yes. players out there that I know will probably be moved. Um, and the, yeah, there's players that will definitely be moved because they asked to be moved. <laughs> facts. <laughs> Kevin Love is fed up. Right, he wants out. But of see, that's and the only thing with him is that contract that he's on. They will not. He's not going anywhere unless they get something in return. Period. Yeah, that's 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 where he's. That's the issue he's running into. And nobody really wants to set, uh, accept a big ass contract like that for a a Kevin Love who is like, bro, you're not a number one. He really, was, a number though. two. He was. He. That's a in the old NBA. That's what's kind of sad about these big threes. I think about these big threes when they get made and players end up leaving, they don't become the same. They're never they, – they don't become who they were before they left, before they went to the big three. Well, because the thing was, before they went to the big three, they were trying to solidify themselves. Once you get to that big three, it's like, okay, I'm I'm solidified. I'm considered you know one of the go-to guys on this team. So you start to kind of get comfortable in your new role of not being the actual go-to guy but a part of a, a big three team. But you're never the way you were. That's true. Like Kevin Love is playing – Good this season, but he's not anything with 
Timberwolves Kevin Love. Oh, Timberwolves Kevin Love. He was, was a savage. 30, 15. He was a beast. Yeah. Like, he's not anywhere like that. And he was much bigger. Same too. thing with Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh wasn't anything. When you left Toronto. And then, I mean, Boston's big three, they they were all kind of old, but still, like, n- n- all three of them weren't the same after they left their big three. You know what I mean? So it's like the only big three that has been the same ever since they got together and stayed the franchise until they left is San Antonio. Their big three is legendary. Yeah, that's a legendary. Best big, big three, three ever. That was a big three that came together and nobody even knew it was going to be a big three and it came out to be yeah. a big three. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, everybody knew what Tim was going to be. Nobody knew what Tony and Manu, nobody oh, knew yeah. what Manu was going to be. Yeah, nobody knew what Manu was. Tony got drafted, so people kind of knew about Tony, but Manu, like, nobody Manu, knew. Yeah, Manu was like, he's either going to be really good or a turnover machine. And he became really effing The goat. Good. Yeah, <laughs> one of the goats. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like. So yeah, Kevin Love is is definitely gonna. But where's his fit? Where's his like? Where this new NBA that we're in? No, the new he, he fits perfect in this new NBA. He fits. He, he can space can, the floor. Yeah, yeah, he can shoot. Yeah. He's a really good shooter. And he runs. That's all he was when LeBron and um, Kyrie was there. Yeah, he was just a spot up shooter. Mm-hmm. So he can always be that for anyone. And now, honestly, bro, now a lot of a lot of teams are getting back to playing a little bit of bully ball. Just because of matchups, a lot of teams, a lot of teams, um, exploit matchups. I think he'll, I think he fits in with any team. And you know how I am, I would love him on the Sixers. Seriously, well, everybody we're can't talking play about, for the Sixers. I know, bro. I know. Like, <laughs> everybody can't come play for the Sixers. I know. I always play on be like, come to the Sixers, come to the Sixers. No, but legit because we're talking about trading. Um, the Sixers are talking about trading Al Horford to the Blazers for CJ. McCollum, that's a rumor that that has been bouncing around out there, and I love it. I love Al Horford, but I love C.J. McCollum with all my heart and but, soul. But guess and what? Mind. Guess what? And you might say no. I don't care what you say, and I know this for a fact. If that happens, Ben Simmons becomes a number three, and I don't know if he'll be comfortable in that role, bro. It will go what? Joel Embiid, yeah, C.J. But- McCollum. Ben Simmons. But Ben Simmons, listen, Ben Simmons isn't a big score in Big Three anyway. He's not. He's bro, y'all need to trade Ben dominant. Simmons. He's a ball dominant. Trade him. Assist leader. Trade him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to trade Ben Simmons. Why? You can find another point guard that does what he does. Ten and fifteen, you can find a point guard that does that. I don't want to trade Ben Simmons. No. Trade him. I don't I don't trade, trade Ben Simmons. I say trade Al Horford and some other pieces. Pick up CJ McCollum. Okay, run CJ at the two with Ben Simmons at the one. I love that. And then pick up Kevin Love, run Kevin Love at the four. You know what y'all problem is, bro? Bro, think about that. Just think about oh. that for a second. Think about that for a second. We get that sounds crazy. <laughs> think about that. We get Ben Simmons at the one, CJ at the two. We get uh, I'll put I'll put. Uh, Josh Richardson at a three. He's a small three, but I'll put him at the three. Okay. Put get, pick up trade and get Kevin Love. Get Kevin Love at the four, and Joel and B at the five. So now you're bringing Tobias off the bench. Yeah. Oh yeah, Tobias. Oh no, Josh Richardson come off the bench. You're right. I've got him with Tobias. Listen, listen. <laughs> listen, Josh Richardson come off the bench. I'm putting Tobias at the three, bro. I'm sorry, Tobias is a three. Mm-hmm. I'm putting Tobias at the three. Kevin Love at the four. Joel and B at the five. 
going to the chip. This is let me tell you how y'all get to the chip if y'all did this. Traded Ben Simmons for two first round picks. What? Yes. Or You're a first bugging. Trade Ben Simmons for two we first round picks. We need to get something picks. back now Listen, for him. Two first round picks, a pick next year, and then a pick like two, three you years. You don't down trade the line. a star caliber player Listen. like that for a two first round picks. Are you insane? Listen. 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 Trade Ben Simmons two first round picks. An immediate pick for this upcoming draft. And then next year, and then like two, three years down the line. Then you put Josh Richardson at the one. CJ at the two, Tobias at the three. You leave Al Horford and Joel Embiid. You have a squad. You can still go out and get Kevin Love and put him on the bench. And now you bring Kevin Love off the bench, and now you have somebody that can go out and at least get you 15, 20 points off the bench. Kevin Love's not coming off the bench. Of, in the in the new NBA, wherever he Kevin Love is not coming. Listen, off the bench. wherever he goes right now, Kevin Love it, is not an off the bench player. Listen, li- listen what I'm saying. Wherever he goes right now, if it's not a team that's like sorry, nine times out of ten, he's probably going to be coming off the bench. Period. Kevin Love wouldn't come off the bench for any team in the NBA. Bro, he's not okay, but he's not like <sighs> Kevin Love is still amazing. All right, Kevin Love is still amazing. He can still do what he does, but at the end of the day, like if you go to a team like a content a contending team, bro, like the Blazers, the Nuggets, the Rockets, the Bucks, the Celtics. The Celtics he might not have to come off the bench because we don't even have a big man. But a lot of the top tier teams, a lot of the top tier teams, bro, like, bro, he he's going to have to because what they have going on works so well. The Clippers, like all these teams, bro, like, I I, I don't know. Maybe so. You you think I just sound crazy? I, I understand he's Kevin Love, but my thing is, you're not the same Kevin yeah, Love that de- you used to be. I mean, be. yeah, it depends on what team he goes. to, That's right? what I'm saying. I mean, if he goes to a sorry team, to. he's going to start instantly. The Suns, he's going to start instantly. The uh, but most teams, he's starting. Most teams he started, yeah. is what I'm saying, because he's Kevin Love. So if he comes to the Sixers, he's going to start, 100%. I would not bring Kevin Love. I'll bring Tobias with the bench before Kevin Love. Like, Tobias is a wing player, though, who's a playmaker. Tobias is a forward. So And Kevin Love is a forward. I mean, Kevin Love is a power forward. He can play the three. Tobias Harris can play the four. He's a stretch forward. He's a stretch forward, a stretch forward yeah. but he plays a lot of three. So He really needs to be changed. He really needs to just be a three. If I, yeah. think about I mean that's that's mainly what he series. is. But a lot of teams want to go small. They put him at the four if they want to go small. That's what the NBA is doing. Everyone's going small. That's why he plays some four. But um, but I'm saying you got Kevin Love, Chris Paul, obviously. You know he's going to get moved. Talking about getting moved, even though they're looking really good. But I feel like Chris, Chris Paul doesn't want to be there. Though. It's not sustainable, bro. Yeah, like he, he wants knows to be, he can't win the championship he, with exactly, that team. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, like he wants to win the chip. So he's old. Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond is the, is. He'll be the difference makers. Supposedly getting moved or talked about getting moved, which I don't know about that, bro. Blake Griffin can't stay healthy to save his life. So why would you take your big man and just put it all on Blake Griffin? He hasn't played a full season ever. It's not about that. It's trade DeAndre Drummond or let him walk away for free this summer. Yeah. That's what it's about. It has nothing to do with them wanting to trade their best player. He's their best player. But unfortunately, he hasn't won. And, I mean, he's at the age now where he's just like, look. I'm not going to let my golden years go down the drain yeah. for a franchise that won't bring me anybody in that can help me win. Yeah. So it's like trade him or let him walk. Then you got um, Andre Godala, which that's still tricky because I'm like, very bro, where tricky. you been? Like, well, we're waiting for the closer to the end of the season. They want to get something for him, so they didn't want to just buy him out and not get anything for him. They want to get something for him. So that's why they're looking for trades. So they're honestly talking the Lakers picking him up and giving up Kuz 
Because I'm not, Kuz is I'm not trading Kyle Kuzma for an old Andre Iguodala. I'm not doing that. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's, it's, about, it's about what you want now. These players aren't really – these teams, I should say – aren't really looking for long-term growth because these players bounce around like pinballs now. No one stays. Everyone signs one-year, two-year deals and leaves. So they're like, okay, well, our play can't be let's play for the future. Our play has to be let's play for winning now. And the Lakers are very much trying to win now. So if you're trying to win now, Andre Iguodala is a difference maker for any team he goes to. He's a big-time difference maker. He's another guy that's one of the smartest guys in the NBA. Andre Iguodala, Chris Paul, Rajon Rondo, LeBron James. I'm talking top 10. These guys are in the top 10 smartest players in the league. Andre Iguodala is But to me, and to me. Defensively, he can play. He's more a 3 and D guy now, though. Yeah. Yeah. And the Lakers need a playmaker. They don't need a 3 and D guy. They Why do the Lakers need a playmaker? They got Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Anthony, they need a playmaker? Anthony Davis isn't a playmaker, bro. LeBron James is the only playmaker that they have. When LeBron James is off the court, they look crazy. Anthony Davis isn't a playmaker? No, bro. What can he mean? go out and get his own shot? He can He can definitely get his own shot. So there you go. No, bro. He's not a play. Like, he's not going to come down. He's not going to bring the ball up the court and set up the whole offense, bro. No. Like, yeah, he doesn't have guard. Well, he, he listen, could, but he's not a guard. They need another playmaker. It's hard to set up Anthony Davis without a playmaker, bro, because everybody knows where the ball is going. Bro, you throw the ball down. To, you throw the ball down to Anthony Davis with LeBron on the bench, and he's gonna go get you buckets. And he's going to get triple team, bro. <laughs> and he's still going to get buckets. Don't get They're me not wrong. Not triple teaming with Danny Green shooting threes. Don't get me wrong. With Dwight Howard shooting threes now. <laughs> Dwight and Howard shooting McGee threes. Shooting threes. That's crazy. What? Don't get me wrong, though. Don't get me wrong. Like obviously, Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis, but I'm saying they need another playmaker that they can bring in off the bench that's able to take make plays and do the things they need to do where it's not just Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. Oh, sometimes Avery Bradley. Oh, sometimes Danny Green. Oh, sometimes Contavious Caldwell. I'm Pope. telling like, you this right now. I'm telling you this right now. If the Lakers pick up Andre Iguodala mm-hmm. and keep their core players, mm-hmm. they're going to the chip. I, I def- that's the piece that they're missing. I definitely believe that, though. Danny Green, Avery Bradley, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, they have this team, and I feel like they're missing that piece because Kyle Kuzma isn't the huge splash that everyone thought he was going to make, which he's he can't be that when you got LeBron James and AD. You have to give these guys – I don't know what these, these players expect, it's like the these big threes. It's the media. It's, it's no, like, yo, like – yeah, you're Kyle Kuzma and you showed growth, but you got Anthony Davis and LeBron James. It's only one basketball yeah. and two amazing generational talents. They're at least getting 20 shots a That's game. That's what I'm saying. You're yeah. not going to be freaking out here getting 30 with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Yeah, two like, of the just, top five players in the NBA. That's what I'm saying. Team. You're not. It's not going to happen. So that's why they're like, oh, they need to trade him. So if you trade a Kyle Kuzma and you pick up a Andre Iguodala, that puts them over the top. I feel like that takes them over the top, over the uh, the Clippers, because I still think the Clippers are over the top of the Lakers. I think that's tough, me personally, because I don't, I just don't see the Clippers. I just when I think when I think of those kind of statements, right? And I think of NBA basketball. I think of it all in a seven game series. And if I can say, if you, if I can sit here and say Kawhi and Paul George will beat LeBron and AD in seven games, that's hard for me to wrap my head around. I don't see that happening. That's that's tough. That's really tough for me to wrap my head around. I do. I definitely see that happening, especially with the veteran, especially with the kind of vets that the Lakers have on their team. So they have. Okay. Do you know that? Do you remember 
that Clippers team last season and what they did to Golden State. Yeah, they won played two games. Yeah, they played lights out. Lou Will, nobody. Yeah, Lou Will, Montrez Harold. Yeah, Lou Will's Montrez Harold. Them guys are savages, and then you just add Kawhi and PG. Paul George, mm-hmm. the two best two way players, two of the best top three three way player two uh, two way players. Though um, Thompson in there too, but um, yeah, I just nah, man. I, Kawhi is he plays at his speed. They're they're giving him this rest so that once the playoffs come, he's just at the top just, of his game. It's tough. No, you put Iggy, you put Iggy on that team on the Lakers. No one's beating him. No one's beating him. And it's not just the Iggy factor to me because I think that we kind of discount the veteran leadership that the Lakers really have on that team, bro. Hmm. They have they're they have a team full of vets, bro. They have a team full of people that's going to get knocked against the wall and be like, yo, like, hmm. we're going to figure this out. They got championship winners, bro, coming off the bench, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like legitimate contributors to the championship. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just like these regular, oh, you were just you just happened to be on the team like Quinn Cook. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's no, you got Avery Bradley who played crazy amounts of defense when he was young with, with Boston was one of the reasons why they were able to win because they can put him on any wing player yeah. and know that he'll lock him down. Oh, yeah. You got a Ray John Rondo, one of the smartest basketball players in the NBA, has won an NBA championship. You oh, got yeah. Danny Green has won multiple NBA championships yeah. by playing his role of being a three guy. Yeah. You got Dwight Andy, Howard. He can dig. You know what I'm saying? You got you got Dwight Howard who's never been well who's been to an NBA championship but never was able to take his team never over won. the top. You got JaVel McGee who's played on the Golden State Championship team. You know what I'm saying? Like you have these players, bro, like you feel what I'm saying? That yeah. it takes it's a little more it's it's more mental for them yeah. than it is like physical. Like they're more like okay, like let me just kind of once we get here, we know how to flip the switch. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. And that's yeah. the thing about that team. It's like if you if they get there, they know how to flip the switch. They know what it takes. They know how to lock in. And that's what I think people are discounting when it comes to the Lakers. Because bro, true, they're, they're vets, bro. They're yeah. vets that won. True. You feel what I'm saying? Like, and I feel like that that along with. A coach in Frank Vogel who believes in defense. That's his that's his whole mantra. Kinda like um uh Thibodeau was. You know what I'm saying? Tom his whole, Thibodeau. His yeah. whole mantra is is defense, yeah, defense, defense. defense. Coach, yeah. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like Which, on top of on top of you instilling defense coach. into that into that old veteran team, and then on top of you having two of the top five players of two of the top five generational players that we've ever seen, bro, it's it's tough for me to just say, Oh yeah, the Clippers will be able to come in and knock them off in seven games. That's tough. That's tough, bro. I'm sorry. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi's a dog. Paul George. Kawhi's won. Paul George hasn't. Lou Will hasn't. Montrezl Harrell hasn't. Williams coming off the bench. Doc Rivers won. Ty Lue won. I just, I don't know. Their team is just unbelievable. It is unbelievable, but seven games? Playoff Bron, seven games? You tell me you older gonna, playoff Bron? He's still playoff Bron, bro. <laughs> like you get so bad. Like I hate when I hate when you disrespect the great ones like that, bro. He's still playoff Bron. I know he is, but I'm just saying he's starting. That's false. That deep, bro. He's having one of the best seasons of his career, bro. Can we get halfway through the season? That's a fact. Like relax, these old he's, guys. You gotta give them some time, bro. <laughs> They got the old man strength, but at the end of the season, another deep playoff run. One of his weird, awkward spills, and that's it. Bro, don't speak that over about LeBron James, bro. What? I'll just say it, man. He's the GOAT, but, I mean, come on now. 
And there's a new goal on the way. Kawhi Leonard is, you know what I'm saying? He is kind of neck and neck. Once he leaves, it will be who's better, Kawhi Leonard or Giannis. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. That will be the conversation. And I'm, but I mean, like, so those are the those are the big trades: Chris Paul, Drummond, Love, Iggy, and then a lot. Of, there's a lot of talk about um, one of the Morris twins, one of the Morris brothers, and the, the Knicks. They're talking about trying to ship him. Marcus, I think that's yeah, the trying to trying to move him around. Um, yeah, those are the big ones. The Sixers, I hope, do something. Trash. Man. Sixers, I hope. Trash. <laughs> <laughs> Sixers, I hope make make some kind of noise. So playoff picture. Let let's revisit this again. A quarter into the year, who's in in in? Uh, so far in the Eastern Conference, number one Milwaukee. They're number one in the whole NBA. Yes, they are. Uh, my Miami's number two, which is surprising. But I still don't see them do anything. They the scrappy though. They real scrappy. Yeah. Bro. Uh, the Celtics are number three. Toronto's number four. Sixes fell to number five. Indiana's number six. That's your sleeper team in the beginning of the season. They get Victor Oladipo back at the end of this month, too. Yeah, but he's not going to be the same. He's not nearly going to be the same. Um, Orlando Magic is number seven. And then Brooklyn fell to number eight. Fell all. That's a big fall for Brooklyn. But Kyrie hasn't been there. But Spencer Dinwiddie is showing them. Wow. But he's been he's been hooping to me. Yeah, I know. He's just, I don't understand. Like, he's I one of the most underrated players in the NBA right now. He's a six man. He's a dog. He's a six man. He's now, do I expect him to go out and start for me? And, uh, not at his, not at his position. Not at not at the two guard that he plays or the one. I don't I don't see that. Depends on what team we're talking. Definitely depends on what. Or team their team. Yeah, he's perfect off the bench. On Brooklyn, he's perfect off the bench. Definitely, definitely depend on what team we're talking yeah. about. But I mean, like, I, I but I was kind of shocked last year when he was still coming off the bench. And they only had him and D'Angelo and Russell. Russell. Yeah, yeah, I was just like, what? Because he's like, Lou Williams is the same thing. Lou Williams played for so many bad teams, he would still come off the bench because that's his thing. He's just, he's an off the bench. But my thing, I just don't understand, I don't understand Lou Wills. Because, because it's, it's a comfortable thing. You have to remember, bro, it's a comfortable thing. Andre Iguodala, we talked about this before, but Andre, Andre Iguodala talked about it in his book. When you're, for years and years and years, you practice a certain way, right. you play a certain way, you're used to, your body is used to starting. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm used to that. That's what I'm used to. And now for them to say, oh, you got to change up everything now and come off the bench, your flow is thrown off, your, the way you prepare is thrown off. When you practice, you're going to be practicing with second squad players. That throws you off. It's just, it's just a. It's see, just, when it's you've been like, doing it for so long, it's just it's weird. Like I can okay. This is my only thing though. I can understand if the most we can expect to get out of you is like 18. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. Okay, cool. You're cool in six man role. Bro, Lou Will will come out and put 60 yeah, on you, bro. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like on any given night, he has a capability. On any given night, Lou Will will drop 30 off the bench. Yeah. Three weeks in a row on yeah. any given night against anybody. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, why do teams even still bring him in? Like, like why won't somebody bring him in like, yo, run my team? Because, again, he's comfortable with that. That's what he does. Yeah. That's what he does. But see, they interviewed him one time. They were like, do you enjoy – he, so he named his new son Six, like S-Y-X. They said, why did you name him Six? After my six-man awards. But <laughs> he's, he's a savage for that. But, like, I think of players like Jamal Crawford, right? I think of players like obviously um one of my favorite players. I love Jamal Crawford. Yeah, but when I think when I think of these guys and obviously Lou Will, but when I think of these guys, I'm just like why? Because Lou Will came out and said, I don't go to these teams and say I just want to be a six man. They just tell me 
this is your role. And I'm just trying to figure out why are these teams like what? Well, what happened to you? Had a player that you know can go out there and get buckets on anybody. Like, would you still make it? Oh yeah, come off the bench because I know I can get buckets on my. Because you know team. you need a, You know you need a bench when you go into the playoffs. You need a bench when you go into the playoffs, and he's perfect for that. So on his team now, that role fits him well. He doesn't need to be starting on the Clippers. Yeah, of course. I don't not. need him to start on the Clippers. Of course not. Him going off the bench is, is great. You know what I mean? It's, it depends on the team. It depends. It really depends on the team. I know he played for the Rockets. He was coming off the bench. He played for a lot of teams. Um, obviously came off the bench with the Sixers, but you know that's because AI was running everything. And so, I mean, it depends on the team. Depends on the team. But that's what you got for the 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 slots in the East. Um, the Sixers fell. I see the Sixers coming. I see the Sixers figuring it out. Come back up. Boston's number three. Ball. <laughs> They're gonna fall. Uh, Toronto Raptors is still. The Toronto Raptors always do this, man. You're disrespectful. The Toronto Raptors always do this, man. They like. They stick around. Oh, we're hungry. We they go through. <laughs> I feel bad for those teams that lose a big player and still say, "Up, oh, but we, we the champs, though. <laughs> we still the best in the East." It's like, no, y'all are not. <laughs> Do you even believe that? Like for real? That's what Tristan Thompson said when LeBron left. Oh, the East still gotta go through us. Bro, you're number 13 what? in the East right now. What? <laughs> <laughs> that was just him being a veteran trying to instill some confidence into his young team. Well, that's do that quietly. <laughs> Behind closed doors. You sound like a nut out here. And so does Toronto. I mean, Toronto's doing well. They're number four. Great, great, great. Will they make it out of the first round? Probably not. If you pa- know what I'm saying? Well, if Pascal continues on the trajectory that he's on, they will have a number one guy soon, bro. Straight up. If... Remember at the beginning of the season, I was like, "Will they win a chip?" Right now, if Pascal becomes the well, he is. He's a, he should be an all star to me. He's, his trajectory, like, is up because I remember at the beginning of the season, right? We were laughing like Pascal Siakam, <laughs> like what? That's your guy? That's your guy? Yeah. But the guy's been averaging twenty five points oh, yeah. a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like uh, he's a candidate for getting another bump for most improved. That's true. That's true because he took another step. Now he he's took the another number step. one guy. Yeah, and and when I think about that, I'm just like, okay, maybe they're not ready right now. But if that core stays together, him, Kyle Lowry, Fred, Fred VanVleet, Serge Ibaka, um, Norman Powell, all these guys, if they stay together, oh, bro, you don't think Blasey, Blasey, Blasey? You don't no. think they can get there eventually? Oh, eventually? Do you, okay, maybe. The other question is, do you not? No, think, actually, with Brooklyn, with KD coming back and he's in the East now. No. The other, the other question is when the when the world got to see Toronto go on their championship run last year and how much that country embraced that team. Do you not think another free agent, top free agent, would be like, hmm, there's nobody up there. Let me go up here and play with Pascal and Kyle Lowry and see if I, I mean, yeah, shit. anything could happen. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. We can do that all day. But right now, they're number four. <laughs> Do you see this team as constructed right now making it to the final? Making it to the Eastern Conference Finals? No. No. Me either. Next. <laughs> like, you always do that. Because, bro, you never want to give people the benefit of the doubt, bro. You never want to go through all the scenarios, bro. <laughs> that bothers me. <laughs> that bothers me, bro. Oh, Okay, well, the Hawks could pick up a big player and become the best team we've ever seen. Trey Young's a dog. Trey Young is a dog. <laughs> Yo, I'm not going to lie. Dog. After our big argument, I've been watching him yeah, close. Yeah, you about to eat your words, bro. 
Trey Young be you about cooking. to eat? Give him, give him about no, 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 no. I'm not eating my words. Over, we've seen in the NBA these amazing players do absolutely nothing because of the teams and what happens. And Trey Young already sees it. Trey Young's already pissed. Like, look, I know I'm young, but I don't want to be here for six, seven years, and then Losing. we still not go nowhere. I'm telling y'all this early. Get me some help because I'm Trey Young. I'm the second Steph Curry. So you gotta you gotta get him some help. But I'm t- Chris Paul, nothing. Russell Westbrook, nothing. You got players like Charles Barkley, nothing. You got these amazing players that they show nothing for it, and he could be that guy. So I still am on the Russell train. Westbrook. Russell Westbrook wasn't dropping forty point triple doubles in his third year in the NBA at twenty years old. True. When he, Chris Paul but, wasn't dropping forty point triple doubles in his third year in the NBA at twenty years old. But Russell Westbrook was part of, in my opinion, if they would have stayed together. The best big three that could have ever lived if they would have stayed together. But that's a debate for another time. Bro, nobody saw. Okay. I, I don't like that because nobody knew James Harden was going to be who he is today, bro. No, I don't care who you are. Yes, bro. you didn't see did. that. That's why Houston traded for him because they said, look at this guy. He's amazing. Come play for us in his first season. See, he is amazing. So you saw James Harden being arguably one of the greatest two guards to ever touch a basketball? Yes. Are you kidding me? Yes. Bro, they were in the finals. I'm about to walk off our show. Do you realize that they made it to the fi- that young team made it to the fi- they yes. beat the Spurs. They dethroned the Spurs and went to the finals. Yes. Did I see that? Of course I did. The world saw it. They def- they dethroned the Spurs and made it to the finals. And and guess the one player that didn't show up in that final series. Guess his name. James Harden. Oh. James freaking Harden. It so happens you, all the time. So you're telling me you you telling me he gets to the mecca, right? He gets to the cream of the crop. He gets to the highest point in basketball. He doesn't show up. You're telling me at that point you thought, oh, it's fine. Once he goes to the Houston, he's going to be one of the greatest two guards we've ever seen in our life. No, you didn't see that. LeBron James did that. LeBron James has been great when he first came in. When he first came in the NBA, we're talking about finals. LeBron James went to the finals and laid an egg and got swept by the Spurs. LeBron James then, was the pure. Then, LeBron James was the then one he went and to only Miami. reason. LeBron James was the on, one and only reason they made it to the then finals. Then he went to Miami, goes to the finals, and lays an egg again <laughs> against Dirk. He was garbage in that series. <laughs> garbage. Bro, listen. LeBron James made it to the I'm finals just it by himself. Okay, but I'm just saying it happens, bro. What I'm Daniel Gibson? Daniel Gibson was <laughs> number two guy shooting threes, bro. <laughs> Daniel Gibson, bro. You remember him number one with the headband, bro? You remember him, bro? That team was so garbage. <laughs> but still, bro. But but still, listen. I saw it. You can't tell me what I see and didn't see. I saw it. I saw it. Okay. If that team would have stayed, they were. They were so young, and they made it to the. They dethroned the Spurs and made it to the finals, and they were so young. Okay, that team was unbelievable. Okay, if they would have stayed together, they would have been the best big three we've ever seen. If they would have stayed together, they would have been better than LeBron, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh. If they would have stayed together, they would have been better. And I'm even saying this: this is going to blow your mind, but I don't even care. They would have been better than Duncan and Tony Parker. <laughs> Go back. <laughs> He's walked off the set. He's walked off the set. Duncan, Tony Parker, Man Ginobili, their team was, they dethroned them. They would have been better than them. They were that young and dethroned them. 
and they were at the top of their game. They were at the top of their game. San Antonio was at the top of their game, and they took an L. They took an L to KD, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. They took an L to them boys. I want to switch topics, bro. <laughs> I keep telling you, bro. Yo, I keep telling you, the very next year after OKC went, the very next year, what team made it to the finals? The Spurs. They did, yes. They the did. Spurs made it to the finals. The year before, the Spurs lost to OKC. The next year, they made it to the finals. If they would have stayed together, they would have lost to the they would have lost to them again. OKC would have beat them again, and they would have been an, another year with experience now, and they still would have been young, they still would have been hungry. Oh my god, they would have 100 percent beat LeBron in the Miami Heat in the finals. Now you get into the coulda, woulda, shoulda. Okay, this is what you do all day. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This is what you like to do. I'm saying that team, oh my gosh. If the world could have seen James Harden, Russell West, the biggest what if in our generation. Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, if they would have stayed together. I think the biggest what if in our generation would have been Chris Paul, Kobe Bryant, Dwight Howard. That would have been crazy. No. That would have been crazy. Because Kobe and Chris Paul were both in their prime. You think that's a bigger what if than KD, Russell, and James Harden? That's three MVPs. I don't know. That would have been tough, though. Anyway, let's see who's leading the West. (laughs) Lakers at number one. Denver snuck up to number two. That's crazy. Denver got a squad on them, and them boys is hungry. Really young, though. Really young. No experience. Um, well, they have some playoff experience. They don't have finals. They do experience. have, they have yeah, playoff experience. They got playoff experience. Uh, then you have the Houston Rockets at number three. James Harden is a savage. Then you have the Clippers at number four. Utah at number five. Utah is another one of them teams that always plays tough. I never, to the I never count Utah out though because their coach. I can count them out in the playoffs. You can count them out every year. Well, yeah, yeah, but their coach. I'm talking about like as far as being competitive. In oh the West. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely. They're always Dan yeah. Snyder has them like so locked in. And Donovan Mitchell, he needs to be an All Star this year. D Wade 2.0. Um, then you got uh, number six Dallas Mavericks. Love Dallas. That young team right there though, yeah. bro. I watched them play last night. They're gonna be they scary, they bro. lost to uh, the Denver Nuggets, but they're gonna be scary, bro. <sighs> if they stay together, what a team! They're gonna be scary, bro. And then the surprise team, who's number seven? This is what I was telling you about. OKC. OKC is playing great basketball right now, and they're number seven. And they keep beating top teams. It's gonna be a good game tonight, man. OKC, um, Houston. I can't wait for that game. Then you know who's sub- you can never count this team. You just can't do it. They've been on the win streak. They snuck. They're in the playoff picture now. The San Antonio Spurs, the team who you knocked them out. DeMar DeRozan has been averaging 25. He's been averaging 25. They won't do got anything. got them boys back into the playoff They picture. won't do anything. I'm just saying, bro. They're, they're in the last slot. They won't do anything. The Blazers, I'm telling you this, the Blazers will get that spot. I'm telling you this. The last thing you want to do. Is be a number one seed and play the San Antonio Spurs. That's the last thing you want to do. I feel that. You do not want to be the Lakers and to play the Spurs. The Lakers are way better than the Spurs. Yes. Nobody wants to play pop. But no one wants to play pop. Yeah, that's a fact. In the playoffs. You just don't want to do that. But the team strikes zero fear in anybody. True. Zero. True. Very true. Um, Yeah, Blazers fell out. They're number 10. 
they'll be, they'll be there. Ahead of them. Dame's been missing some time with some injuries. Yeah. Um, but they'll be there in the end because because Carmelo's starting Carmelo? to solidify his role. Yeah. He's starting to solidify his yeah. role. So now it's like they have a legitimate three scores. Now on top of that, Nurk's still out too. Don't don't forget about that. Yeah. Nurk, you know what I'm saying? When Nurk comes he, back, it's going to be different. Yeah, but he needs some time to get back into the rhythm. He'll bang down there with Hassan Whiteside a little bit. They'll be dominant. <laughs> your, your boy Hassan Whiteside. Bro, do you know that starting you know that starting five, bro? Dame, CJ, Melo, Nurk. Hassan Whiteside. That's probably one of the best starting fives in the NBA. What? Probably. Not arguably. Not argu- if it happens. Top what? I said that's probably one of the I know. top. I'm asking you top what? One of the top offenses in the NBA. You want to say top 10? Maybe. That's a lot. 10 is a lot. You want to say top five? No. Definitely top five. Definitely. Sixers top five is better than them. The Sixers top five, you're going to argue this, isn't better than that. The I just Sixers. named three all-stars on three? one starting on one What three all-stars? Team. You named one all-star. I named the NBA legend, Carmelo no, Anthony. No, he's an all-star this year. Of, uh, you said an all-star. I'm saying they're arguably, with all five of them on the court at one time, that would arguably be one of the best starting fives in the NBA. You said top five. Yes, top five. Lakers top. Lakers starting five. You Okay. Carmelo's Clippers at, starting five. Okay. Sixers starting five. I'm, I'm not sold on y'all, though. That's what I'm saying. You're sold on y'all. I'm not sold on y'all. The rest of the NBA isn't sold on y'all. <laughs> what do you Bro. mean? First of all, we had a few. We've had a streak of what? Five. Our past five games have been bad. Our past five games have been bad. Now the five games before that were amazing. <laughs> it's up and down, bro. It happens. We're down now. We're gonna be up. Denver was down earlier in the season. Now they're up. Uh, Utah. I mean, the Dallas Mavericks was way up, and now they're number six. It happens, folks. Brothers, ebb and flows. Boston was down in the beginning, and now they're up. It happens. We were never down. Yes, they were. No, we weren't. In the beginning of the season? We were a five seed. Now we're a three seed. Anyway, <laughs> there's ebb and flows, okay? There's ups and downs. And I'm telling you, you ask any basketball mind, would you rather have the Blazers starting five or the Sixers starting five? You're picking the Sixers. We actually, we, we actually do have two all-stars on our team. You Y'all have, got one. You have, first of all, they have two. C.J. McCollum and Dame are both all-stars. C.J. McCollum was an all-star last year. He was? Yes, he was. You forgot? Oh, uh, well, he ain't going to be an all-star this year. With all the guards over there. I'm sorry, CJ. <laughs> but no. <laughs> Listen, CJ McCollum. Okay, yes. Yeah, 20 McCollum. point score. 20 point score. Dang. 20 point score. 20 plus. <laughs> Melo, 15 point score. Hassan Bro, Whiteside, you, 10 point you, score. Uh, two podcasts ago, you were bashing Melo. Is he a difference maker? Dude, now you're like, oh, he's an all star. He proved me wrong, bro. <laughs> what? Why would I not pay homage where homage is due? I'm not saying, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's an all star. I didn't say that. You said, and I quote, an all star. But you were talking about all star in his, in his, in his career. Yeah, okay. I'm just talking about. Uh, when I when I okay when I'm thinking about one of the best starting five, I'm thinking about if I take into effect the careers of all five of those players so far, and I match them up with anybody, any other starting five in the NBA, I like what I see. I like that I can trust Dame to go out there and drop thirty for me. I like that I can trust Melo to go out there and get me like 15, 18. I like that I can trust CJ McCollum to have a hot night and have twenty two, twenty five. Milwaukee starting five. 
I, I don't believe in Giannis alone. That's what I'm saying. I don't believe in their starting five because Giannis by himself is ridiculous. Giannis by himself is literally un bro. He's literally unstoppable, bro. I've never seen a player that's literally unstoppable. You can't guard Giannis on in, in Kumpo. You can't. You're bugging. You are bugging. Bucks starting five. Milwaukee starting five. You know, I'm, I'm just going to show you. You would take the Blazers starting five over this starting five. Don't know what I'm going to get from Eric Bledsoe every night. Defensive player of the year last year. Or not defensive player of the year. Uh, all team defense. He didn't deserve that. Wesley Matthews. A 3 and D guy. Next. He's an off 3 and D guy. He's on... And then he's off. streaky. Next, more often on. <laughs> Next, okay. And those three right there are legitimate all stars. Yes. Yeah. Lopez. Lopez is legit. Chris Middleton is legit, and Giannis is arguably the most unstoppable player in the NBA. But if you pulled up that starting five, like he's a five that can shoot the three from forty feet. That's true. He's an MVP candidate. Okay. He's an all-star that can go out and get you buckets. Okay. We got a streaky 3 and D guy. <laughs> and we got all-team defense. Okay. Are you kidding me? You would really pick the Blazers. Seriously, you would pick the Blazers starting five over this. They got the best record in the NBA for a reason. They do. Because they have Giannis. And they're in the East. If LeBron was, if LeBron was in the East with, the, current, with the, the way the East is set up right now, he'll be undefeated. Uh, I take the Celtics starting five over them, and I don't like the Celtics. But y'all starting five is better than Milwaukee, or better than um, Portland. If if so, if, that's five. If those five Portland players played up to the potential that we know that they can. Play no, at. no, we're not talking about that. We're talking about right now. <laughs> Milwaukee, yes, I'm picking them over them. Boston, yes, I'm picking them over them. Philly, yes, I'm picking them over there. Lakers, yes, I'm picking them over there. Denver. Yes, I'm picking them over there. Houston? Yes, I'm picking them over there. Dallas? Yes, I'm picking them over there. Can I keep going? What? You are crazy. The Clippers? Definitely, yes, I'm picking them over there. You're taking Portland starting five over Denver Nuggets starting five. Let's do this again. Let's look at Denver Nuggets starting five. Bro. Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Oh, uh, who else they got? Just the players you named, I'm picking over them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, we gotta wrap this up soon. I just, I just love proving you wrong. It's All just right, so much fun to me. Since I want, I want to end with this topic, then. Okay, go ahead. Brandon came into my home today, and he stated something that I thought was absolutely outrageous. And then I kind of thought about it, and it may be right. Yesterday at the end of the Warriors oh, yeah. Milwaukee game, there was a video that was shot of Giannis Antetokounmpo and Steph Curry, injured Steph Curry. And Steph Curry had a signed jersey on his shoulder. Steph Curry then looks over to Giannis and Steph Curry says, come on, man, we can do this. Giannis doesn't look like he says anything back. He's smiling, though. Now, what we're getting at is basically this was Steph recruiting Giannis because he's going to be a free agent this summer, 
recruiting Giannis to come to Golden State to play with Steph and Clay and Draymond and compete for compete for championships for years to come. Giannis came out earlier in his career when obviously he was getting to that level of being elite and people asking him, hey, how do you feel about teaming up? Giannis and Kumpo said, I don't believe in that. I think I'm the best and I will play and He's I will prove that African, I'm the best. He's not African, okay? He's from Greece. <laughs> That's what he said, bro. <laughs> I don't personally believe that Giannis will do that to the NBA. But And what did I say? You said we didn't believe Kevin Durant would do it. Nobody believed Kevin Durant would do it. Not he one did. person. And when you put that, when you made that into perspective for me, I was like, okay, that that's right. But on the other side of that, though, bro, Giannis seems like he's legit, bro. No, I agree. Like Giannis seems like I he's, do think it's far fetched. He's a different breed. I do think it's far fetched. He said he has no friends in the NBA when he's playing basketball. Zero. Sure. Yeah, but here's here's the thing: you you're underestimating his want to win. He wants to win. He wants. But how to hard win. is it? Okay, how hard is it? You just showed me that starting five, right? So let's take Drew Bledsoe and Wesley Matthews out of there. How hard is it for you to convince somebody, hey, come play with me, Middleton and Lopez? Middleton and Lopez. How hard is it to convince somebody to come in, walk in, and play with you? When when obviously everyone knows that. Okay, you're definitely yeah. unstoppable and MVP candidate every year. Like, how um, hard is that to convince somebody to come? It depends on who it is. Milwaukee sucks, though. The, the, Th- that's what I'm about to say. Area. Milwaukee, the city, the, it That's sucks. what I'm about to say. It, it depends on who it is. A lot of these players that can take them over the top isn't going anywhere, or a lot of them ain't going to Milwaukee. You know what I mean? I got it. Trade Eric Bledsoe for Chris Paul. They win a championship. You said that before. That um, They win a championship. It is interesting. It's very interesting. Um, very interesting. <laughs> you do, they do that, they win a championship. But um, I don't know, man. I, I, like I told you before, Chris Paul is just not a winner to me. Chris Paul is not a winner. Chris Paul is a loser. <laughs> loser. He's just a loser. <laughs> L7 weenie. Him and, him and Russell Westbrook. But um, But yeah. Um, that's a good trade. I do like that trade. Uh, that's very interesting. I like that you said that. Kudos to you. I think that's an amazing trade. I think that would be scary for the East and the West and the West. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I don't think it's far fetched. I, st- I mean, if you ask me, do I think uh, Ensacupo would do that? No, I think he sees what happened to KD. It's like, oh, no parts of that. <laughs> I mean, he got some chips. Out of it, but you got to weigh your options, but I don't know, man. I don't know. But I do think if he does that, the world would not hate Giannis as much as they hate KD because Giannis is such a nice, likable guy. People thought the same thing about KD. Not as much as Giannis, though. Giannis is like the – I've never heard anyone say a bad thing about Giannis, ever. Giannis, I'm going to tell, tell you what makes Giannis – what elevated him in my mind that I think we give him more of the nice guy benefit of the acting we shouldn't. He was playing LeBron. They went crazy, and he hit him with the. <laughs> did you remember? Did you remember oh, that yeah. he hit him with the oh, crown? Yeah, like, yeah. listen, oh, yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm the man now, yeah. bro. That right there, that made me look at Giannis totally different. That made me look at him like, okay, he for real. Like he knows who he is now. He's hungry, man. Like he knows who he is. He knows, like, bro, like, at the end of the day, y'all can't really stop me. Yeah, and to that regard, if that's true, then he definitely won't go to Golden State. 
if that if that's true. There's nobody in NBA that's going to stop him, bro. You can put Kawhi. They put Kawhi on, bro. Kawhi didn't stop him. He slowed him down. And then his shooting percentage went up. Bro, he can shoot a three if now. If he can shoot consistently, it's over. Wait, I want to say this and we're going to end the show. Giannis and the Kubo can shoot the three, but Ben Simmons can't. <laughs> Episode 14, Birds of a Feather. <laughs> Bro, I have a lot to say to that, but we have to end the show. Listen, Episode 14, Birds of a Feather, deuces. Thanks for listening. Season 2 is here upon us. More guests. Today we had Langston on the show. Hey, big dog. <laughs> hey, we're going to have uh, other guests. Coming soon. Birds of a Feather, episode 14. Peace. Peace.